Well, good morning, Cornerstone Worship Center. How is everyone this morning? Aren't you glad to be in God's house? Amen. Won't you stand this morning and worship with us?
thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that you're the only one, that nothing is better than you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that nothing we can experience in this life, Lord God, is better than what we can experience in you, Father God, with your spirit, Lord God, moving us forward, Father. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that nothing is better than you. Amen. Aren't you thankful that no matter where you go, no matter where you search, no matter what you try, He's always better. He's always better. Amen. Thank you, Lord. John 8. My eyes, sorry. I'm a little teary is going on. Unsurprised, but not surprised. Um, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciple, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. How many know that there are so many things in this world today that are not true? There are so many false things that we're looking at, so many false things that we're hearing from the enemy, so many things that he's whispering in our ears. We can find a truth in anything we want today if we just look for it. We can find validation for the things we're doing that are wrong. But if we're his disciple and we stay in his word and we know his truth, it will set us free. Amen. Because all the enemy tries to do is lure us and seduce us and offer us things that bring us bondage. Everything he has, everything he tries to give us. He led Jesus after he was tested in the wilderness and he said, I'll give you this. Look at this. I'll give you this. It was fleshly things. It didn't work on Jesus and it shouldn't work on us. Sometimes we do fall for it. But everything he offers is bondage. And it will not take us anywhere good. Amen. But if we stay in the truth of God, if we weigh everything with the truth of God, if we stay in his word, we will be free. And we will be free indeed.
amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, my comfort, His mercy reigns, unending love, shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine. Will be
truly believe your chains are gone, I want to hear every voice, every voice, every voice that's ever been released of anything. The scripture tells us that without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission of sin. And I love the season that we're coming into, Easter season, because it's a reminder to us as believers that the price that Jesus paid was for me. It was for you. He didn't call me to be perfect. But in his perfect love, stepped in the gap for me so that I might be free. And I don't know about you, but the only way I know how to explain that is that is amazing grace. It's that simple. It's just amazing that he loves me as much as he does. And it's just amazing that he loves you as much as he does. That he paid the ultimate price on Calvary for you. We're going to sing that again. My chains are gone. I've been, been set Come on, sing it out, church. My God, my Savior has ransomed. this building come on can you lift your hands can you lift your hearts can you lift your voice today Lord we honor you we praise you God we're so grateful for the price that you paid on Calvary
on and lift your hands all across this building. And if you don't know what that was, maybe you're new. With the message in tongues, with interpretation. I believe the Lord is speaking to us today. I think God is pricking at our hearts today and, and he's, he's wooing us. He's calling you to feel something in your heart. Maybe you're not used to this kind of service, but who we are around here is we just step in the what the Spirit's doing because I've learned in my life what I do messes up, but what God does continues on. What He starts, He finishes. So we're going to just trust in the Lord today. If you have a need today, this morning, I, 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 maybe you're, you're dealing with sickness, maybe you're dealing with a marriage issue, maybe you're dealing with uh, pain and sorrow, depression, whatever it is today, I want you to just stretch your hands towards heaven. Maybe you're watching online today and you're at home and you're sick in body. Maybe you can't make it. But I want you to just stretch your hands towards heaven right where you're at this morning. And I believe that the presence of the Lord is going to reach down and touch you. The Bible says if we draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us. James 4, 8. And literally, if we take that first step, God always will meet you. I promise you, if you just take that step and say, hey, God, I have a need today. Nothing's too big for him. Nothing's too big. Nothing that you're facing is too big for God. Come on and just love on him. Well, I'm going to ask them to sing this again. Sing Amazing Grace. Can we do that? Come on, sing this as we, as we believe today and we pray. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but Church, my chains are gone. Come on, sing it out. My chains are to begin to thank him for what he's done. He's, he's already going to give you the answer. You might as well just praise him right now. Can we praise him in advance? Can we thank him for healings that are taking place? Can we thank him 
for, for depression being lifted? Can we thank him for bondages being broken today? Can we thank him for marriages being mended today? Can we thank him that he bought you with the price and you're paid for and you're, he's got you in the palm of his hands? Amen. Lord, we worship you and we honor you today. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory in the house today. Hallelujah. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. going to wait just a moment. I, you're like, I'm not used to this kind of service, but I'm just going to wait on the Lord. That's what I'm doing right now. every chain in this place. God, soften every heart in this place today. God, will be a people that runs after you. God, will be a people that chases after you, God. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor if you can at this moment and just say, I feel the presence of the Lord in the house today. Come on, can you one more time give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Can you give him your best praise today? Hallelujah, Lord. You can be seated if you can at this moment. If you if you feel like continuing praying, uh, just continue to pray. I just feel the anointing in this place today.
in that prophetic word. Come on, can give the Lord a hand. Clap of praise. It is so good to see you today. I, I just want to say this from the bottom of my heart. Say, hey, this is a different kind of service. I'm not used to this. We, we operate with what the Spirit of God is doing in this, in this house. And if that means that we put our agenda aside for a moment, we'll let, let God do what he's going to do because God can do more in a moment than I can do in a lifetime of speaking up here. So I'm just going to trust in him, and uh, I believe God is doing great things. And uh, how many have had a good week this week? Good. That's good. That's good. Uh, and I pray that you've been blessed and that, that God has really directed you and, and been with you this week. It's been a, a long week, but a good week, and uh, a lot of things going on around the church, a lot of uh, repairs and a couple things that we've, we've had going on, but uh, God is good, God is with us, and, uh, and so uh, I just want to say that if you're a guest with us for the first time, I want to say welcome today, and, uh, and know that, that what you saw today or what you heard today is, is totally biblical, it's in your Bible, it's in the New Testament, and you have any questions about anything that that happened today you can come see me after church but uh but if you're a guest with us today i just want to say welcome today from the bottom of our hearts we're glad that you're here today come on home folks can we give all our guests a welcome today those watching online and i i want to say uh you know i'm grateful today because my sister and my brother-in-law are here. They came all the way from Missouri to hear me preach today. That's what I think anyways. But no, they, they came all the way from Missouri to, to come and see, see us and the, probably to see my kids and my wife more than me. Um, but we have, we have got to hang out the last few days. And, uh, and I, I love my sister. If you want to hear some true stories, there is probably no one that knows me better. I have a brother... And me and my brother, we just didn't get along. We, we were just, he was older and I was younger. And we just always, we were too much alike. That's really what, what it is. And we always just butted heads. We always argued it. But me and my sister figured out, because it's our older brother. I'm going to go ahead and hear that, John. You're the older brother. And uh, anyways, but me and my sister, we always just kind of hung out because he was bigger than us and stronger than us. And so we always had to use our wits to, to get him. And so... Uh, but we have a lot of stories, and I remember one time, and I'm not here to, <laughs> me and my sister were, were fighting over something, and, and I took a shower, and we were getting ready to go to a basketball game, and, and, and I might have been in high school, maybe eighth grade, I don't remember, and uh, my sister took my jacket that I was going to wear and sprayed it with perfume, just, I mean, doused it. And I didn't realize it till I got in the car and I started smelling. I smelled really sweet all night, thanks to my lovely sister. And so there's a lot of stories uh, that, we, that we have, and we won't get into all those today. The Lord knows there's too many of them. Some of them we're proud of, some of them we're not proud of. And so uh, if she tells you anything, I've got, I've got dirt on her as well. So that works both ways, just so you know. But I want to say what an honor it is to have her and her husband Joseph here with with us today and uh, honestly it just they they called me and they said hey we're gonna come see you this weekend and, 
I've just been on cloud nine and was just anticipating their arrival and glad they've been here and we got to do a few things and Joe, my brother-in-law, we, we, he said, you know, we were outside and I said on Friday, I think it was Friday, and I decided to get up and clear my gutters out because, you know, it's spring and so I, and so we started that process. Well, in the process of that, we found out that one of my, my gutters down in the ground, you know, when it goes into the ground was, was not draining properly. Well, we started a project that we didn't realize was going to take more time and take more money than what we what we realized but we got it done didn't we joe we got finally got it done and so uh thank you for for being there it's so good to see you guys i'm glad that you guys are are here today and um i tell you what my heart's just full today just really full and uh i'm excited about what god's doing i'm excited about what god's doing and uh coming into the season of easter my heart has just really, uh, well, you saw it today, or we sing Amazing Grace, and it just wrecks me because I just can't, coming into the season of Jesus, I realize, I always know what he's done for me, but it becomes kind of a reality this, this time of year, and, and, uh, and I love that. Don't you love that today? I love that. And so uh, if you have your, your Bibles, we're going to be in Hebrews today in chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible, hold it up. If you have your phone, hold it up. I got my Bible today. That's good. I, I pray that you have, have your Bible today. And, um, Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you. Thank you for, for that. Didn't the worship team do a good job today? Give them a hand clap. We are blessed in our church. We are blessed beyond measure. And so... Uh, they do a great job week in and week out. So uh, I, I want to I talk to you today, Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to preface this. Hebrews chapter 11 is, is the chapter, what I like to call the hall of faith. And uh, how many have ever read Hebrews chapter 11? And, and it gives you a, a list of, of, of people in, in the Old Testament that God used. And there's some names in there. There are some uh, men and women from the Old Testament in, in that Hall of Faith that are mentioned there, and uh, I call it the Hall of Faith. I, I, I mean, it's, I think it's kind of cool that they re reference them, but in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about this cloud of witnesses um, that have gone before us, and the reason that they are there is because they started and they finished. They didn't quit, and so the reason that they're in the Hall of Faith is because they started something and they finished and there's a, there's a long list. There are some some renowned names in there, like Moses, and then there are some names like Rahab, who was not a Jew, who was a prostitute, but God used uh, in great faith to help the Israelites. And so she's mentioned there. So it's kind of this this plethora of people. And if you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, we're going to read this. It says this. And now we're coming into chapter 12. We talked about the Hall of Faith in chapter 11. It says this, therefore, and, and, and note, if you are reading your Bible, if it says therefore, you need to stop and, and say, what is it there for? Literally, look at it and go, why is therefore there? Why is it therefore? Because it's, it's prefacing something from previous, okay? It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, 
uh, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that, allow, that, that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside, beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from, uh, from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I want to speak to you today on, on this simple subject. Fixed eyes when races fixed eyes win races let's pray god i thank you for this day god i thank you for your word god i am thankful for your anointing today god i pray lord that you would just uh use me how you see fit god use this this uh use me god just how you see fit god let your words come from my mouth today god let me be an oracle of of what you're saying today god and let lives be changed god we believe it and god we give you the praise and everyone said Look at your neighbor say, fixed eyes win races. I was reminded, I was thinking about this. About six years ago, uh, Tristan and I took Novak to get his eyes checked. He, he, when he was born, he's, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but if you look close at Novak's eyes, he's got a little section in his eye where there was a, a little bit of a growth that he was born with. And when he was born with that, we didn't really know what that was. I don't remember the name. My wife could tell you what it is. But it's basically just kind of like a, a portion of a fragment of, of bone when he, was, when he was in his mother's womb that ended up somehow in the corner of his pupil. And he's got this little thing. And so when he was little, for about three or four years, they watched that. They would measure that to see if it was growing or not growing to see what they needed to do. Well, it hasn't really affected his eyesight or anything like that, praise the Lord. But in the process, about six years ago, we took him to one of those appointments. And, and if you've ever been to the eye doctor, right, you know what they do. Usually uh, they, they will dilate your pupils. How many, that's such a joy when they dilate your pupils, right? It's such a joy for the rest of the day. You got those big old huge glasses you got to wear around and, and not because you're cool, because you can't see when you get out in the sun, right? And they dilated his pupils. And the funny thing is his eyes got really big like teddy bears, right? You know, the pupil gets really big. And, and no matter how he looked, even if he was mad or whatever, his pupils were really big. It's, it's hard to look mad when your pupils are, are really huge, right? And so, uh, and it was easy to, to determine where he was looking because his pupils were so big and it was easy to watch his eyes move back and forth, right? And so I was thinking about that in our Christian walk. Can people easily determine uh, us by where our eyes are set? When they look at us, do they see that our eyes are gazing at Jesus, or do they see that our eyes are being deetered by the world? I'm beginning to think about that today. Or are we like secret agents? I think sometimes we're, we're Christian secret agents. We have our aviators on, and we don't want anyone to know where our eyes are looking. Right? Right? All right, so that happens. And, and here's the thing. Uh, 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 where are your eyes set? Look at your neighbor and say, where are your eyes set? Say, right now on you because you just asked me a question. I begin to think about this. Racers or runners, you know, uh, and, and if you've ever watched a racer in the Olympics, they have pinpoint 
laser focus when they're running. It doesn't matter what's going on out in the stands. The only thing they're concerned about is what they've been training for. They're looking straight ahead. They're staying in their lane, and they're trying to get to the finish line as fast as they can. And spiritually, many Christians are too focused on what's going on around us that we forget that we're in this race. When we're in this race. And, and, and the race starts here. If you're not sure, like, hey, what are you talking about today? Well, the race starts with salvation. The race starts with salvation. When, we're, when we believe on Jesus, when we ask him into our heart, it starts with salvation. Can I tell you something? The race does not end with salvation. It starts with salvation. That's like the gun going off. There it goes. There's the race. It starts with salvation and ends physically. I'm talking about our physical man when we die or when we're raptured up to heaven for eternity. Do you know that as long as you're breathing on this earth, you are running a spiritual race? You are running a spiritual race. And again, I ask you, what are your eyes focused on this morning? And the writer of Hebrew gives us some, some clues to, to what it will take to run this Christian race. And I love this, this bit of scripture. It's one that is dear to my heart. I'm going to read it again. It says this, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, talking about uh, those who have gone before us to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes where? Where? On Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't grow weary and give up. You say, hey, why do, why do we always have to think about what Jesus did for us? Because if we, if we think about what he did for us, it's a reminder to us that we can make it. Amen. So the first thing I want to talk about, if we're going to run this Christian race, everyone, you guys ready to run your race? You know what you do when you run a race? You shake your legs. You guys don't know this, but I was pretty fast in high school. It's true. You don't know this. I know I don't look like, like I'm very fast now, but I was pretty fast in high school. Matter of fact, I, I ran, I didn't even want to run track, but they sought me out to run track because I was so fast. And I went and I, I ran track. But one of the things you do is before you get in a race, you, you shake your legs, you get yourself warmed up, you stretch, you make sure that you're ready to go. Matter of fact, I was, I was in the 4x100, four, four which, is, which is one of the fastest. you got to be really fast. And not only was I in the 4x100, but I was the last man, which means that I was the anchor man. That means if we were behind, I was the guy that was supposed to make up, make up time. I remember watching the guy in the second leg, which is usually the slowest guy. Usually the first guy's the second fastest, and then the second guy's usually the, the slowest, and, the, and you know, kind of goes from there. And then the second guy, I remember watching the second guy as we would fall behind going, no, 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 no. So I thought, oh, man, i got to make up all this speed. But I want to talk to you about running a race today. Here's the first thing that we have to do. According to this scripture that we read today is this. Number one, lay aside every weight and sin. 
Look at your neighbor and say, lay it aside. The writer of Hebrews, he compares our Christian journey to a race, and I love that. I, and I don't know about you, I need those analogies in my life because sometimes that helps me to compartmentalize what, what he's saying. But he compares it to a race, and there are some key components to people who are serious about winning a race. And I'm not talking about those races like, hey, I'm going to race my kid in the backyard. You're probably not serious about that race. But I'm talking about people who are seriously running a race. Have you ever seen, I, I've yet to see an Olympic runner uh, wear the same equipment that a football player runs or wears when they run. Why? It's unwanted weight. It's not necessary. Uh, if you've ever seen how, I, I don't know if you've ever seen those, those track, out, those outfits are so thin, they're so light, the shoes that they wear, that they, wear are, they weigh ounces, so they shed every amount of possible weight that they can to be as fast as they can. See, and, and we know this, it's extra weight that serves no purpose on, on a track, right? As a matter of fact, if you think about this, uh, is there any NFL football fans in the house? Okay, so the combine that they do for the NFL, if you, the guys that are going in, that are being drafted, they go through a combine. And so uh, all the NFL teams, they get together, they watch these guys and they run. And one of the things that they look at is their 40 time, how fast they can run the 40 yard dash. And those guys, when they run the 40 yard dash, they don't run in their full on football equipment, but they bear down to the bare minimum that they can have and they run as fast as they can to get the fastest speed that they can. And that's what happens. And I remember when I was in high school and I was running uh, the 100-meter dash in PE one time and we were being tested. And I remember I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outrun all these guys today in PE because I was fast. You guys don't believe me, but I was fast. I know it's hard to believe. But I, I, I remember thinking, I'm going to run really fast. And I remember that day I had taken my, my PE shirt that I had that the school had given me, and I had ripped the sleeves off of it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of my 90s kids know what I, late 90s, early 2000 kids. And I ripped it down, down the side. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're the same age as me, all right? I remind you, it's time to get your 40-year checkup. All right. Anyways, and so I had this shirt on, and... And my shirt was ripped down because I had these noodle arms that I had to show off for whatever reason. And there I am on, on the track, and I, and I take off. And that day when we were doing the test in PE, it was super windy. And when I took off on the track, you know what my, my shirt did? It looked like a kite or a parachute. Just <laughs> and I was running as fast as I could. And I remember I got my time, and I was so unsatisfied with my time. And I thought, this is, this is dumb. Why is this so slow? I'm like, coach, you must be wrong. You must be doing the, you must not be able to, to determine the, the stopwatch. Like, you, you missed it. You're, you're a little slow on that because that's, that's faster time. And one of my friends came to me and said, TJ, I bet you would have had a better time if you hadn't wore that shirt. Because that shirt was catching the wind and it was slowing me, down, slowing me down. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? And that's what weight does in our Christian walk. It literally weighs us down. Here, simply said, it's like this. It keeps us from producing, uh, it, it keeps us from producing our best with God. That's what weight, that's what weight does. Now listen, uh, it talks about two things here, but I, I want to I stick to this, this, this thing, weight. It talks about uh, weight, and then it talks about sins. They're, they're two different things here, okay? It talks about weight. Uh, weight does not necessarily translate always to sin. 
But weight is not beneficial. Some of you say, oh, I know that. Right? Weight on us is not always, it's not always beneficial. It's not always harmful, but it's not always. Maybe in our lives, there may be relationships with friends that we need to break apart from. It's not that they're, they're making us sin, but guess what they are doing? They're dragging us down. They're keeping us from being our best with God. Maybe some weights that we're dealing with is our attitude. Maybe our attitude, we're not sinning, but maybe we don't have a good attitude. Some of you parents said, oh, my kids need to come. Don't bring the kids back in, right? Maybe it's some of our habits, spiritually, some habits that we have. And maybe they're not sin, but maybe they aren't beneficial to our walk with God. And the writer of Hebrews, he's just simply saying this. He's just saying, lay them aside. If it's keeping you from running your race to full potential, get rid of it. Drop it. Every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. Uh, you know, uh, there's, weights, there's weights in our life, weights of worry. Some of us carry worry and anxiety when we shouldn't be carrying. God has not called us to carry worry and anxiety. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us to cast all our cares upon him because he what? Cares for us. God never intended it. Scripture also says uh, don't be anxious or worry about anything, but instead what? Pray about everything. So we've not been called, but some of us carry the weight of worry and anxiety. Some of us carry the weight of tiredness. Oh, man, life's just hard. It's exhausting. Anybody, you ever been around someone that's just always exhausted all the time? I don't, they just exhaust me. Like, go take a nap. Come on. Right? Exhausted. But sometimes spiritually we get exhausted, and sometimes that, that's, that's a weight that we're carrying that not, not is necessarily a sin, but we're just, we're, we're carrying it. What about weights uh, of being overwhelmed in this time that we live? A lot of people are so suspect of everything going on, and nobody trusts nobody. Well, you know what? I trust the God who created the universe. I trust the God who holds my tomorrow. I trust the God who holds my soul. I trust the God who is, who does, who is in time. He was the beginning. He is the end. I trust God. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. The New King James Version says, every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us. And oftentimes, weights... And things that we're carrying, they ensnare us, and they keep us from running our full potential. And, and the, the flip side to that is this, sin. Everyone knows sin is wrong, right? We know that. And most people in our society know what sin is. What is sin? Sin literally means to miss the mark. Or sin separates us from God. We, God gives us free will. When we sin, guess what? That can separate us in our relationship from God. That's why Jesus came, because he is the propitiation for our sin. He stood in the gap. He is the gap there. Ephesians 4.22 says this. Throw off your what? Old. Your old and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Talking about people that are saved. If you're carrying the same weight before you're saved, Come back and get saved again. But it say, Paul's saying this, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24, 
put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So you lay aside spiritual weight and you lay aside spiritual uh, uh, sins by doing this. And I love this, what Paul says here. You know how you, you know, how you, how you nip sin in the butt, bud? You know how you do that? And what, that's an old Andy Griffith term, right? That's what Barney Fife said. Nip it in the bud, Andy, right? Okay. But you know how you nip it in the bud? You know how you do that? You take your thoughts captive. That's what the writers say. If you want to throw off the old sinful nature, you're going to have to change the way you think. Some of you, let me tell you something. You're not born with stinking thinking. Some of you have developed stinking thinking. For whatever reason in your life. And, and here's the thing. This is what we need to know. We have to take captive every thought that should not be there. I was reminded this week, and we're doing an awesome study on, on Wednesday night in the men's thing right now. And we were talking about bondages and, and people being bound. And here's the thing. And, and, and the, the, in our study, they gave an illustration about here's the thing. If we leave our house and we, we left our window open and a robber comes into our house and they're there in our house, they don't own our house, but they have taken captive our house. They don't own the house. They don't have ownership of it, but they are there where all of our goods are, right? And they're there taking that. And it's the same thing. We can't leave a window open for the enemy to get in. And how do we do that? Man, we've got to pray. God, give me your mind. God, if I'm thinking unholy thoughts, God, help me not to do that. Help me not to think that way and help me not to be that way. It's kind of like the old, the old, you've heard it before, uh, where, you know, it's okay for a bird to cross your head, but don't let the bird come and land on your head and make a nest. And if you have that thought, let it go, but don't let it sit there and nest. Amen? So everyone say, take every thought captive. Do me a favor, everyone put your hand on, on your head and say, Lord, renew my mind. You ought to pray that every day. God, renew my mind. Guess what? When you're mad at your spouse, you ought to say, Lord, renew my mind. When you're mad at the sheriff for pulling you over, you ought to say, Lord, renew my mind. I was speeding. When we're mad because they're slow in the drive-thru, Lord, renew my mind. I'm talking to myself right there. All right, number two, the second thing that, that helps us as a Christian to run this race is we have to run with endurance. Everyone say, run with endurance. Once you get all the extra weight off and you get the sin, let me tell you what you can do. You can focus on enduring and finishing strong. And let me tell you something. I don't like the word endurance. Do you like the word endurance? I, I, some of you may do. You're shaking your head. But endurance, you know what endurance means? Discipline. It means discipline. If you're going to endure, you're going to have to discipline your mind. You're going to have to discipline your heart to move forward. Endure means to remain. It means to remain. I'm going to just remain. When things get tough, I'm going to endure. I'm going to push through. I'm going to remain. When it gets tough, I will remain. When I get tired, I will remain. When I want to quit, I will will remain. One of the things I love about my parents when I was growing up is when I played a sport, they always told me, if you start the sport, you're finishing the sport. You know why? Because your coaches are dependent on you. And sometimes I wanted to quit, 
But you know what? I knew that wasn't an option. And that meant that I had to get up and I had to go to practice early in the morning or I had to go practice late at night when I didn't want to do that. But here's the thing. We have to endure. And, 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 and I'll just say this. I've never seen a runner in a meet win a race by accident. Think about that. You've never seen a runner win a race by accident. I mean, unless it is like Mr. Bean stumbles into a track meet or something. Whatever, that might be the only exception. But you've never seen a runner in a meet win a race on accident. And, and, and no one starts a race without the intentions uh, with the intentions of failing but succeeding, right? When we start the race, we, we get down. And I remember I'd get down in the blocks and I'd go to take off. And I remember I, I would visualize me crossing the finish line. I would visualize being the person to my right and being the person to my left. And I would, I would begin to think. I'd be like, I am going to do my best and I'm going to win this race. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And here's the thing. I, I, there's this illustration from one of my former pastors and he used to say this at funerals, and it, it rocks my world every time I hear it. But he would say this at funerals. He would say this, and it's a strong illustration he would use at funerals. He'd say this, no one gets to heaven by accident. No one gets to heaven by accident. It's a choice that we make and we have to live by. So when we're running this race, we have to come into this race with the intention of, I am going to finish this race. I'm going to give it my all. And this week, I, I was, I, we, have a, we have a church basketball team, and they're so kind to let, it's kind of a senior thing, but they allow the pastor to play on, on, on the basketball team. I think it's just out of, because they love me, and they give me a shot to show off my old man skills. And anyways, and, and so we were playing basketball this week, and and I invited BJ, BJ Weaver. Everyone know BJ? All right. BJ's my buddy. Matter of fact, first time I met BJ, we hugged, and he told me his name, and I said, hey, BJ, I'm TJ. <laughs> right? We're TJ and BJ, best pals. That's right. So from time to time, me, me and BJ, we get to hang out. And so this week, he, he came and hang out. Uh, we were hanging out here at the church for a little bit. And I invited him to go to our basketball game. And so he went to the basketball game with us. And I found out something this week, which I already knew. But I'm not as young as I used to be. There's some 20-year-olds out there running around in the basketball court. And you got this pastor who's losing his hair, is panting and struggling to breathe. And my endurance is not what it used to be. Don't look so pious at me. You're the same way. So you just realize that, you're, that you, you've already, you know, you're like, I don't play on the basketball team anymore, Pastor. So anyways, uh, but I'm there, and, I, and I'm giving 100%. I'm doing my best. But here's the thing. I'm old. I'm out of shape. I'm getting tired fast. And it's crazy. I, and I, I shot a few shots and missed some shots, and I made a few bad passes. And someone got fouled, and they're on the line, and they're about to, they're about to shoot. Free throw, and so what did I do? I went back to half court because that way, you know, we, we might get a cherry pick, you know, where they get the ball and they can throw it down to me and I might be able to score. So I'm there at half court waiting for them to shoot their free throw, and I hear BJ, who's on the sideline over there, and he's all, Pastor, Pastor. And I look over and he's all, Focus. Focus. 
He's telling me, Pastor, focus. <laughs> he points to his eyes and he says, focus. You need to focus. My heart was there. My body was not. <laughs> Am I right? And that's, that's, what, that's what he told me. But here's the thing. He was reminding me in that moment of endurance where I was huffing and puffing and I'm sitting there hurting. And I'm, I'm like, man, why am I out here with this guy? He's reminding me, Pastor, you're out there. You're in the game. Focus. Get it together. Thank you for telling me that. And that applies to us spiritually because guess what? Sometimes we're tired, we're wore out, and in the middle of that, we're trying to find endurance. And let me tell you, there's people on the sidelines going, focus. Get your focus on what you're doing. Stop worrying about how bad it hurts. And can I tell you this? I saw this. Trying times are times for trying. Trying times are times for trying. When things get tough, guess what? The tough get going. Nah, that was something I learned in the oil fields. And I remember sometimes I'd be like, man, this is terrible. Why do we got to do this? And, you know, some of those older guys in the oil fields would be like, hey, when times get tough, the tough get going. I'm like, be quiet. I don't want to hear that right now. And, and, and I'll tell you this. The difference between a stumbling blocks and stepping stones is how we use them. It is. So in our lives, there are moments where, where God has, you know, and the devil meant them to be stumbling blocks, but God has given us the ability to step on them and to keep moving forward. And endurance happens, right? But here's the, the difference between, uh, Romans tells us that we go from faith to faith, right? Second Corinthians says this, we go from glory to glory. And if we are to run with endurance spiritually, we are going to have to focus, focus. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, focus our eyes on Jesus. Focus our eyes on Jesus. Our, our text simply tells us Jesus endured and persevered to finish strong. He did. He is the example that we should gain our strength from. You say, oh, I grow weary from time to time running and racing in this Christian walk. It's just sometimes it's tiring, right? I understand that. I know that. But, you know, Paul would say this, we walk by faith, not by sight. We're walking by faith, not by what we see, not by what we feel. It's like BJ telling me, TJ, I know it doesn't look good. You guys are down in the score. I know that you don't feel good, but focus on what you're doing. You got to focus, Pastor. Hebrews 12.2 says this, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author the, and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Can I tell you this? If you're a note taker, you could write this down. God is the beginning of our faith and the end of our faith. He is our example of endurance and example of perseverance. And Jesus, when he came to this earth, he came with one goal here on earth, and he accomplished it. This was to come, to live, to die, raise again, so that he might be the propitiation for our sins. That's a big word, that he might pay the debt that you owed. That's the way we could say that. His last words on the cross were what? It is finished. He completed what he came to do. It is finished. Finished. And our goal as Christians should be to run with endurance the race that, and keep our eyes focused on the prize of spending eternity with Jesus. 
all right? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I know this. I know that we get tired from time to time, and I know that we get, we get uh, stressed from time to time, but can I tell you something that I learned from BJ this week? Focus. Focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Here's the last thing, Hebrews 12. Jump into verse 12. It says this. says, so take a new grip with your tired hands. How many are tired? If you're tired, the scripture's telling us, so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Boy, they're talking to me right now. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. And this is the third point I want to make, okay, is this. If we're going to run this race, we're going to have to run it together. We're going to have to run it together. We're in this together. One thing about the 4 by 100 race that I, that I was in was, was simply this. Our, how good we did on the race was not just dependent on how well I did. I was part of that. But there were three other guys. And if they didn't do their part, guess what? We failed together. And can I tell you something? We are in this t- together. In this race, we are supposed to run. We are called to run together and help each other out. And let me tell you something, we need to learn that. We've got our denominations, we've got our beliefs, we've got our, our principles, and we, we got the way that we do things, and this and that and that. And can I tell you something? We should be holding hands with as many people and running this race together. We, there's a lot of disunity in, in Christians, and we all have, we might have some variances in how we believe, but can I tell you, if we focus our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, guess what? That is our common denominator. Amen? And I love that. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's not me outracing Matt. I'm going to pick on you, Matt. I always do every Sunday. It's not me outracing Matt. Guess what? It's me walking aside Matt. And maybe while we're running, maybe he's in a struggle. I can go, come on, Matt. You got this. Focus. Focus. Or he could say, hey, pastor, you're, you're, you're lagging a little bit. Focus. Oftentimes, we make it a competition with our denominations by what we believe. But scripture is clear. It says this. It says... 1 Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other, so encourage each other, and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Now, he's talking to the, the, the church in Thessalonica there, and let me tell you something, we should already be doing that, we should be encouraging others. Maybe we, you know, have some friends that go to a different church, you should encourage them in their walk with Jesus. You should love on them, and people in this church... A few years ago, I ran in a, in a 5K. I never ran a 5K in my life. My wife wanted to run a 5K. And the person that she was supposed to run the 5K bailed on her the night before. And she said, I need someone to run this with me. And I was like, I have not trained. I have not ran. There's no way I could do this. She said, will you just do it with me? She looked at me with those sweet baby blue eyes. Yeah, I'll do it with you. We're, we're going to do it. So I remember I, 
I got up the next day and we met at the track and it was cold. It was a cold fall, fall morning. Got my number. Oh man, now I'm part of the race. I got a number now. And we took off. And I remember as I ran, you know, and here's the thing. Our endurance is, the thing about running is the first mile, you always feel terrible like you're going to throw up, right? But there's a point where after that first mile, your body kind of goes into this mode and you, you're just kind of like a robot. And you just go and you go and you're past that point. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I'd throw up the whole time, but. I don't know, but that's just how my body works. But and I remember we were running, and I remember going from couch to 5K overnight. Probably, probably drank a soda the night before too, right? And, and, and there I am, and we're running. But I, I'll never forget this race. It was through town, and while we were running this 5K, we would come around a corner, and there were people there at the corner, and they were there to direct us. And they would be like, you're doing good. And I'm like, shut up. Because I'm like wearing out. You're doing good. Come on. Come on. You're doing good. Go this way. Go this way. I'm like, this is not what I want to hear right now. Go, go get me a drink. I'm thirsty, right? And here's what I know. In this journey, we will never run this race correctly without our eyes focused on Jesus first part of that verse, Hebrews 12, 1 says, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And can I tell you this, the people that have gone on before you, those in the Old Testament, those in the New Testament, maybe you have a grandparent that went, maybe they were a patriarch in your family spiritually or a matriarch in your family spiritually. Can I tell you, they're there and they're cheering you on. Come on, come on, go this way. Don't quit. It's going to be worth it. I know it looks hard. I know you're struggling right now. But if you make it, there's going to be a prize. I thought about this. Remember on Mount Hermon, Jesus was there when he was transfigured. And he's about in this process. He's going through his process to, to go to Calvary. I mean, there's a few things that happen after this. But when he's transfigured there, two guys show up on that mountain, Moses and Elijah. And I begin to think about this moment can't help but think maybe they were there to say, hey, come on, Jesus, you can finish this. They need you. Come on. They need you. Why don't we make it our goal to help others? Say, hey, come on, we can do this together. We're in this together, right? I want to share this with you. I, I saw this. In Mexico City is a world away from East African country of Tanzania, where John Stephen Aquari lived. But that's exactly where he found himself on October 1968, representing his country in the Summer Olympic Games as a marathon runner. Unfortunately, Aquari suffered a fall during the race, and it wasn't a gentle tumble on a grassy knoll. He fell hard on rough concrete, badly cutting his leg and dislocating his knee. Medical personnel arrived quickly and bandaged his wounds, but the dislocated knee required more treatment than they were prepared for in the street. He needed to go to the hospital, but again, but against the advice of 
quarry instead stood up and started off down the road behind the rest of the runners. Given the severity of his injuries, he, he couldn't run his normal pace with a combination of jogging, hobbling, and walking. He pushed ahead. At, at 2 hours, 20 minutes, 26 seconds into the race, Memo Weld of Ethiopia crossed the finish line in first place. And most of the remaining competitors finished within a few minutes. Quarry was nowhere close. An hour later, the Olympic Stadium had only a few thousand people left in it. And the marathon was, was the last event of the day, and the sun had already set. And Mexico City was brutal on marathon runners. At over 7,400 feet in altitude, the air was 23% less oxygen than at sea level. And as a result, 17 of the 74 runners failed to even finish the race that day. But let me tell you something. A quarry, bloodied and injured, was determined not to be one of them. Followed by the police escort and nearly uh, in, in, in great pain, a quarry finally arrived and limped out his way onto the track. His loosening bandages dangling from his leg as, as the diminished crowd cheered in awe and disbelief. John Stephen Aquari made his way around the track and crossed the finish line at 3 hours, 25 minutes, and 27 seconds in last place. The few remaining reporters rushed into the field to ask him why he continued running in his condition, and he responded simply saying this. Now listen to this. My country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start this race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. Can I tell you today, salvation is the start. And can I tell you today, no matter what you're going through, God has called you to finish this race. God has called you to endure in this race. God has called you to lay aside every weight. He's told you to keep going. And there, in, when you're running this race, when you're tired, there are people that are cheering you on in the halls of heaven saying, come on, you can do this. It's going to be worth it. Can I tell you something? Fixed eyes win races. When we start the race and say, hey, God, I'm going to finish strong. When, we, when we're saved, God, I'm going to finish strong. I'm not going to quit. And that's what God has called us to do today. And we do this by laying aside every weight and sin. And we do this by running with endurance. And can I, the last thing, we do this by running together. Can you bow your heads all across this building? Fixed eyes win races. today and you feel like quitting. Hmm. Maybe life hasn't been perfect. I want to encourage you today. You're not in this race alone. Under the sound of my voice, I want to give you this opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, talked about me being, talked about him being the propitiation for our sin, or he filled the gap. You want to make it right today. You feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit on your heart. Say, hey, TJ, I want to know Jesus. I want you to do this. Just simply 
Raise your hand. Any, anybody in the building today? I want to give you an invitation today. Anybody in the building? As we tarry just a moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. Anybody in the building? All right. Thank you for being patient today. If you're here today and you say, hey, TJ, I'm tired. I'm weary in my heart. I'm struggling. I feel like a little wounded. I feel like I, I fell. I hurt my knee. I dislocated my knee. But today I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit calling me to continue on. God didn't just call you to start this race. He called you to finish this race. He's calling you today. And you say, hey, I, I need prayer. I need strength. I need encouragement in my heart. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Anybody in the building? Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Thank you. Will you stand with me all across this building? We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Will you lift your hand? God, we pray right now, God, for those who are dealing with tough situations that seem impossible. God, that seem like there's no hope. God, would you give them strength? God, would you give them endurance? God, would you give them the strength to lay aside every weight and every sin that's tripping them up, that's, that's causing them to, to fall and fail? But God... Will you give them endurance to run this race, God? And will you fix their eyes on you? God, you are, are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the beginning and the end of our faith. So today, God, I pray encouragement. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would revive us. Lord, that you would take us to the next level. God, Lord, that you would, would just help us through this next week. God, let us have supernatural encouragement from you and you alone. God, we believe it. God, we know it. God, we accept it in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? They're going to sing this song, but this is what I want to do. I, I wasn't going to do this, and they don't have this in the back, but I'm going to read this scripture, the same scripture that we read. I, I'm going to read it in a different, different uh, Bible. This is the message, which is, I wouldn't, it's not necessarily a translation per se, but, but it's an easy reading Bible. But I read this in there, and I didn't add it in my sermon, but I, I feel compelled to tell you what it says because there's something powerful at the end of what, how the message says this. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 and 3. It simply says this, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. <laughs> I like that. You better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. Look at this. No spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished his race, this race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and, and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. 
and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Be encouraged today. When you're feeling down, remember what Jesus did. When you're feeling like you ain't got the endurance, remember Jesus did it. Amen. Go ahead and sing this song. Come on. Can you lift your hands? Be encouraged today. on the Lord real fast. This is what I want to tell you. I'm going to end, end by, by saying this today. Focus. Focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't worry about what's to the right. Don't worry about what's to the left. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Will you raise your hand? I want to bless you today. May the Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. What a great word. We're so thankful when we're tired, when we're thirsty, that we can run to him and he can help us push through that race. I want to welcome you and thank you if you're a guest here. We're so thankful that you were here with us. We want to get to know you and disciple you. We would just ask that you fill out the connection cards that are in the seat backs. 
take that to our welcome center. We have a small gift we'd love to share with you. Um, and then as we leave today, I want to remind you of all of our offering and tithing options. There are buckets right outside of each door and upstairs as well, and all kinds of online options for you to give in your tithes and offerings today. Um, a few announcements. Women's and men's are now, women and men are now separating on Wednesday nights for separate studies. Um, for a few weeks after we finished the book of James, we started that. Um, so if you have not been here on a Wednesday night, I strongly encourage you to do that. There are classes for every age group. Um, and then as you send your kids, you can come into the men's or women's group. It's a fantastic time where we just love on each other and grow closer to the Lord together. We've lost the announcement, sorry. And then also on Tuesday, March 16th at 7 o'clock is Mops. That is Mothers of Preschoolers. If that is you, you should come to that one. And then finally, we have new t-shirts. You should be excited about that. New t-shirts. They are available for pre-order, so you can see all the different color options out at the Welcome Center. There are polos and short sleeves. The t-shirts are $12, and polos are 15 